and college basketball. My name's Cole, and I'm here alongside, as always, my great mate, Jeff Tate. Jeff, how you doing, big dog? Oh, I'm doing good. We are in... It's just great to have football. Like, we're not going to give any love to the NFL on this podcast, because this is a strictly college football and college basketball podcast, but... I told myself last weekend it's really nice knowing that all weekend till January I will have football every single day on the weekends and that is just an amazing thing to think about because I just love football it's like my favorite sport you'll once we get into college basketball Cole in a few months you'll realize how much I really am passionate about that but to know that every weekend for the rest of 2023 we have college football and the NFL, and we had a good weekend of football last weekend with an even better week this week. I'm thrilled, Cole. Yeah, I mean, the slate's better this week, and I was driving home today and just thinking about it like, wait, like, we have football this weekend. And then I looked at my, my ESPN app, and then I clicked on week three, which is just another week and a half away. I'm just like, we, like, I'm just like wait, we don't have to wait another nine months to watch football. Like, we just have it next weekend, and it's just right here again. So this is just amazing. Like, today I think are officially set in of, like, wow, we are back. Games again in just a few days. I mean, that this is the time when you start to, like, really feel – like, because week one is, like, it almost doesn't feel real. You're just trying to figure it out and, and everything. But week two is, like, oh, this is, like, we're doing it again. And that's when it really feels real, and it sets in. You're like, okay, we're in the middle of this now. We are full-blown in this, and, man, there's nothing better than that. Yeah, and week one is the perfect opportunity for fan bases to severely overreact to either positive performances from their team or negative performances from their team. And we definitely have seen that after week one. I mean, you can just think of teams that are through the moon right now, Florida State, Colorado. you got teams that are at bare bottom, Clemson and LSU. So it's one week doesn't exactly define you, but in college football, when you only play 12 regular season games, it's definitely not a good way to start the year losing a game. So obviously, this uh, I just want to make a quick note. This podcast should be dropping Friday. We're recording this Wednesday, September 6th, so you guys will get this episode on Friday. You'll get all your preview episode material you need for week two to play some wagers to kind of figure out what games you want to watch on Saturday night. Uh, this is the first week where we really just have Saturday games. There is a good one Friday night, uh, Kansas, Illinois play Friday night. But other than that, it's pretty much just Saturday this week. And so we'll kind of highlight games in this episode that we want you guys to pay attention to this week, spend some time watching and all that good stuff. Now, I do want to say we did get our uh, recap episode for week one out a little later than intended. We had our podcast editor was out of the country and we appreciate all Aiden does. So we just wanted it to be a perfect episode. So we had to wait a day or two to get that one out. So Cole, let's start this one with Clemson and Duke because we on the last episode we recorded, we recorded it Sunday night after the LSU Florida State game. And we mentioned that Hey, if, if Clemson wins and they dominate, we probably won't talk about it. But I think Cole definitely had a uh, sneaky thought that Duke was going to win that game because that was his sleeper team in the ACC. But also, I think Cole has a lot of faith in them just outside of being a sleeper team. So, Cole, Clemson got just destroyed on Monday night, 28-7. to uh, It was the first game for Cade, Cade Klubnik at Duke. 
It's a big win for Duke, Cole. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge, huge win, a statement win, um, and especially with a program that when you just look at their roster, they do not have as much talent, uh, recruiting talent. It's, it's clearly not there. And they kind of just, their defense bullied Clemson a little bit. Their defense played an outstanding game. Clemson fans might tell you, oh, we had all these turnovers in the red zone. Yeah, you did, but Duke turned the ball over a lot too. Uh, imagine if Duke didn't turn the ball over, how much worse it could have been. So very, very great game by Duke. Their defense dominated the game. Riley Leonard had a very good game. And Mike Elko is just a great coach. Yes, hand up. That was my sleeper team in the ACC. Not trying to put myself up too high, but I mean, I'm an expert. Uh, I did bet Duke plus 12 and a half. And man, I wish I would have taken them plus 12 and a half because they dominated Clemson in yeah, this team is just going to hit the ground running this year, I think, and they are going to be contending in the ACC. I don't wouldn't necessarily put them on Florida State's level, but they're going to be up there, and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Mike Elko, uh, whether this year or next year, start getting some uh, some looked at for some jobs at some bigger programs because he, what he's done with Duke has been unreal. Yeah, I think he already has that interest. To be honest, I was uh, watching a uh, I was watching a show I like for college football and he mentioned that if this if this win was going to happen like Mike Elko's name is going to be out there like he is a hot name and with beating Clemson now you yes just beating Clemson isn't going to like cement him into the next stepping stone job but for listen to this everybody 45 four star and five stars on Clemson's roster okay 45 Duke has two so just for all those people that like a lot of people put a lot of stock into four and five stars and I do for like the elite elite teams but in this game I mean that means nothing like 45 to 2 is a that's a that's like almost a top FBS team playing an FCS school that like that's just ridiculous and for Duke to be able to come out night one dominate Clemson with Clemson fans being very confident because everyone with Clemson thought, oh, DJ Ugalele is the reason we're bad. Like, that is the only reason we're bad. And, oh, well, now Cade Klubnick's the starter, so we're going to be good. Well, I'm going to be honest, Cade Klubnick did not look good. I unfortunately got to watch a little bit of this game. But Cade Klubnick, I mean, I just don't – I just – I talked about this in the ACC preview episode. I just don't see the it factor with this Clemson team like I used to with Trevor Lawrence. That Trevor Lawrence team just seemed like they had – they had it all and they could win games that were tougher games to win when you go on the road to Duke and they just don't have it anymore. And there's a lot of talk right now. Speaking of overreacting, there's a lot of talk about Dabo because he doesn't seem to want to embrace modern college football with the transfer portal with NIL. He's been, he is probably one of the biggest opponents to all of that in college football you just wonder how he I mean you're gonna have to adapt or you're just gonna have to leave the sport and I'd be curious to kind of see how this season turns out for Clemson because in three weeks they play Florida State at home you win that game everyone forgets about this Duke game like not everybody but the national media will forget if you go and you beat Florida State so Cole it was a great game Riley Leonard is just he's a cool guy like here in his post-game interview, asking his professor for an extension on a paper. Like, he just seems like a genuine guy. They just seem to embrace that underdog mentality. And 
it's going to be kind of cool this year. Duke, North Carolina might actually mean something in a football game where if for those of you that will tune into this podcast in a few months for basketball purposes, that's the biggest basketball rivalry there is. And so to see it play out on the football field would be kind of cool because both these teams are going to be good this year. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. I think Duke, North Carolina and football this year could be a better game than Duke, North Carolina and basketball, just as far as not as far as hype goes, but as far as level of play of their sport, it could be a really highly played game that will be that will be really fun to watch. If they stay on this path, I will say Clemson, this is what we knew this in the offseason. The biggest question was their wide receivers, and they just don't have them. And I'm honestly not going to fault Cade Klubnik in this game. I'm not going to say, oh, he's not that good, because who had a better week than DJ? I mean, he had an amazing game at Oregon State, and maybe he just wasn't put in position to succeed at Clemson because when he was put in position to succeed at Oregon state, I know it's only one week, but he played very well. And maybe Cade is also not being put in a position to succeed. I think it's right now. It looks more like a Clemson problem than it was uh, their quarterback problem. And I think that DJ really proved himself this weekend and really flipped the script on who he was just because of his weight play against Oregon state. And because of Clemson's play against Duke. And yeah, they, they don't have their wide receivers at all to just do anything for that team. I think Cade is going to have a really tough year uh, with that group, and I don't expect them to do much this year because of that system they're in and because of who they have uh, in that wide receiver room. So I don't know. I, I mean, Clemson, they can they can get better. You're, you're right. He hasn't adapted, and it's fine if you don't adapt and you keep winning. But when you start losing, that's the first thing everyone's going to say is, why don't you go to the portal? Why does Florida State get to get a guy like Keon Coleman um, when you didn't even try to pursue him? Um, and so that's just that's a big problem for Clemson that Dabo's going to have to address, and it's adapt or die for him, and he better hurry up and figure out how to adapt because they're spinning out of control right now. Yeah, bold take here, and this is probably the biggest bold take you'll have from me. I don't think Dabo is coaching Clemson if – Okay, I'm gonna th- I think Clemson goes, I'm gonna say nine and three this year, maybe eight and four. If if they do that, I don't think Davos Sweeney's the coach there. He won't get fired. That's not why. I just think I just think he's I don't think he likes college football. Like you watch any press conference he's had since NIL and like conference realignment even has started, he just seems so negative about it. Like more than any coach and I'm just Kind of curious about Dabba, but he did, yes. he did say that he would quit um, if players got paid back before NIL came to uh, came real. Uh, he said, "There's a quote that I will not be in the game of football anymore, of college football anymore, once they start paying players." So, um, I definitely think he's not happy about the state of the game, and yeah, maybe that frustration will lead to him stepping down. Yeah, and it's just one of the things is the expectations he has at Clemson are so high because of what he got them to in the last like 10 years because but they haven't been to the playoff their last two years have been just rough i'm just curious to see how that program kind of translates so cole let's transition into we have a really interesting storyline here in the pac-12 so the pac-12 which we know one of the proudest supporters is on this podcast and his name is not jeff it's it's, a it's cole morse and so the the pac-12 cole pac-12 cole that's yeah. That's maybe we that maybe we can start that hashtag going on on the post we have and stuff. But 
The Pac-12 is 13-0 this year, okay? And the reason they have 12 teams, 13-0, because USC has played two weeks. Very impressive week one. Obviously, when you win all your games, it's impressive. But some of the games we had talked about last week as games that you wanted to keep an eye on because of uh, what those games would mean for the trajectory of the Pac-12, they all passed with flying colors. Like we talked Oregon State, Washington, Utah were the three big ones, and they passed easily. This week, it is a, it's a very different story for the Pac-12. Now, I'm not doubting them, Cole. I'm not doubting them. We're not going to give any <laughs> Pac-12 hate, but I'm just going to run through the – there are 11 games in the Pac-12 this week. We do have an interconference matchup. Not going to talk much about it. Stanford goes to USC. I think that's a blowout. So that we will have an official loss in the Pac-12, but it's not a non-conference win or a non-conference loss. So we're not going to count it against this total. But you start off the day, Utah-Baylor. So Utah's going on the road to play Baylor. Uh, Utah is an eight-point favorite at Baylor. Baylor just came off a pretty devastating loss to Texas state last week this game i know i think the line was like four four and a half before last week now it's at eight i think the public is pretty high on utah so i'm just gonna go down these really quick cole and then i'm gonna ask for some thoughts so you got that game you go nebraska colorado i think we're gonna talk about this one a little bit more in depth when we do our games to watch but colorado at home two and a half point favorite against nebraska that's a massive rivalry in those two schools history I'd say you give the lane to the Pac-12 on that. Washington-Tulsa. Washington's going to kill Tulsa. Don't even need to give you the line. Lean to Pac-12. Oregon at Texas Tech. This is another game we're going to talk more in depth with. Oregon's a six and a half point favorite. I like Oregon in that. You got Wisconsin at Washington State. Arizona-Mississippi State. Good game. UCLA-San Diego State. UC Davis-Oregon State. Another blowout. But then you have some just weird games, like non-conference games not great teams in my opinion, but Auburn, California, which Cal put up, Cal looked good last week. Like I, I don't think anyone thought Cal would score as much as they did. And then you have Oklahoma State, Arizona State. So Cole, I'm not asking you to predict all these games right here, but they have a lot of tough games, I would say. I'd, I'd say tough because they're playing other Power 5 schools. Does the Pac-12 continue their strong showing in Week 2? Look, you, you learn the most about teams in week two week one is who knows it's your first time on your first time on the field who knows if your opponent is as good as the preseason says they are week two is when you really start learning about how good teams are and and yeah we're gonna learn a lot about the Pac-12 I'm gonna say right now it would be a miracle if they get out of this and they are still undefeated in non-conference so yeah I mean the the ones that are that are fishy, I think, are Wisconsin and Washington State. Washington State did win last year, and they there's still a lot of questions that I have with this team, but they're they're fighting for their reputation and for a conference right now. Um, and they they're not they did not look bad at all in their first game. And Wisconsin, they're still trying to find their identity, I think, and it's still a first year head coach and going to Washington State, so that's not the easiest place to play. I know there's not a lot of fans there, um, like not a, lot, not a lot of seats, but it's still their fans do care about the game. So, And it's always tough to go cross-country on the road. So that'll be an interesting one that I'm excited to watch, and that one will tell a lot. Arizona-Mississippi State, 
This one will tell a lot for me personally. I don't think that if Arizona loses this game that they're I was wrong about them being a sleeper because they can still go on a run and be eight and four and still be considered a sleeper team in my opinion. Or even if they're they get seven wins, then I think I was still correct on that. But I think that will be a fun game, and I think Arizona could surprise some people. But I also think Mississippi State's a really good team, so that'll be really interesting. UCLA San Diego State. I think UCLA will win this game, and. Oregon State, UC Davis, they'll win the game. Auburn, California. Now, this one will be interesting. This one will be a fun one because you have Hugh Freeze, Auburn's team. What are they? They had a good week one showing. And then California, who we just assume are bad, and they probably still are, also had a really good week one. So is Cal better than we thought they were preseason? Or is last week just like, nope, they were playing a bad team and they took advantage of that? And same with Auburn. Is Auburn the same team as last year, or is Hugh Freeze stepped up, or are they still trying to rebuild and Cal can take advantage of that? So I think that will actually be a very, very interesting game to watch. And then Oklahoma State, Arizona State, and Oklahoma State's going to win this game. I know the spread isn't that big, but Arizona State is not a good football team. And yeah, I was thinking about going to that game, and then I saw how they played last week, and I was like, no chance. So the Pac-12 will not, just for that one game alone, especially will not be going undefeated. Yeah, and there's like like you talked about the Washington State Wisconsin game. Like for a lot of Wisconsin fans, they weren't super impressed with the type of offense they ran because I think they still rushed for like I think it was like 300 yards against Buffalo last week. So it wasn't the air raid offense or the spread offense that a lot of fans were wanting. Now it could have been because they're playing Buffalo. Don't want to expose the playbook, but they play Washington State and Greg Ward put up almost 500 yards last week against Colorado State. So they have playmakers, and I really liked what you said about Washington State and Oregon State really have a uh, chip on their shoulder this year. No one wanted them. As of now, they're they're not going to go anywhere for next year in terms of they're not going to any of the Power 5 conferences as of now. And, yeah, I mean, what better way to have a chip on your shoulder than to be told basically by every conference that they don't want you, which is really weird to me that, like, Cal was wanted more than those schools, but I think it maybe is more of a California thing. I I really don't understand that. But Auburn Cal is interesting to me because last week Peyton Thorne was the starter for Auburn. But the really weird thing is, is he really didn't put up the stats from the quarterback position that you would have expected from the starter. Like he only threw for 140 passing yards, but then Robbie Ashford, who a lot of fans really wanted to be the starter, he was... He played quite a bit last year, but his problem was they just didn't trust him, and he made bad decisions, turned the football over. But, I mean, he had two or three rushing touchdowns against in their week one win. So I don't really know if they know what's who's the quarterback at Auburn. I mean, Peyton Thorne's probably the better passer, but, I mean, clearly Bobby Ashford's a better runner. So I just really like the games, though, from a whole. I mean, Oklahoma State – Arizona State, I might have a pick for you in the A-plus picks of the week on that game, so I'll let you know what I'm leaning to later on that. But that's just a, a cool non-conference game. Like, as Especially as a football fan, they're fun to see, but like these are like basketball matchups that I just love to see. Like When two Power 5 conferences play each other, it's just such a nice thing because the games, like, yeah, you could blow one of those teams out and you feel way better about blowing out like like, if, if Auburn kills California, Auburn's going to feel way better doing that than if they played UT Martin or somebody like that. So, these games, we just 
learn a lot more about each team. And so I just think... And about the conferences. And about the conferences. And so I just think... I don't know. I just think you have... You just have a lot of fun games for this week, and I'm super, super excited to watch them. So, Cole, let's go into some of our games, I would say, to watch for week two. Uh, we'll start with Mr. Uh, Sam Hartman, Notre Dame, okay? They have looked great the first two weeks, like really good football team, like very impressed with Sam Hartman's composure, Sam Hartman's just knowledge of the offense for only being there for so long. Now, NC State, they're going on the road at NC State. NC State lost Devin Leary last year. They bring in Brennan Armstrong, who was a pretty good quarterback at Virginia. They're seven-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Notre Dame, I mean, this is a pretty good chance for them to show show what they've been doing the last two weeks, but against an ACC opponent, Cole. Yeah, and, and I think... I think they will. This is a big prove-it game for Notre Dame. Everyone's optimistic about them right now. I'd say I'd say that's a general feeling for them. And I think that they will take advantage of this moment. I think they outmatch NC State. Um, NC State didn't look like they had that dominant of a defense against UConn. And I do think UConn is a better team than they usually are this year. But And their offense is definitely still trying to figure out their identity. They, they're trying to switch to more of an air raid offense this year. And the problem is I think they have the quarterback to be able to do that, but they don't have the wide receivers to do it. So I think this is a game where they're really going to be exposed, especially with that position group, that they cannot run that offense against Notre Dame. And I think Notre Dame is really going to take advantage of them and take advantage of that mismatch and suffocate them. I think there's going to be a lot of sacks in this game and for Notre Dame against NC State. And then, yeah, I think Notre Dame will – Really, people will come away from this week and really be talking about them as contenders and talking about how they've taken the next step with Sam Hartman and under Marcus Freeman. And that is going to really just put more coal in the engine, full steam ahead towards Ohio State where they will be on a collision course. And, yeah, I think Notre Dame will really run away with this game this week. Yeah, and it's, I mean, the big game for them is in two weeks. Ohio State comes to them. And so you, actually, no, that's three weeks, three weeks away. So, no, it is two weeks. Holy crap, time is time is flying by. That's two weeks, yeah. Cole and I were talking offline about that week of college football. Stay tuned for that. That is I don't want to look ahead, but that week is crazy. So we won't even don't even want to scare people away from that. Like watch this week. Like keep watching. But no, Notre Dame, I think this is a great opportunity. It's just interesting going on the road, playing NC State, ACC caliber team. I'm I'm with you, Cole, though. I do think Notre Dame wins. I think Notre Dame is the better football team here. And I think Sam Hartman's used to playing against NC State. I mean, he did it for five years at Wake Forest. So I think you will see him know what he's doing. And I think they're going to come away with the win. So the next game I want to talk about, Cole, and this one is, I mean, got to be, besides Alabama, Texas, which we're going to talk about, has got to be the most talked about game this week. And that's Nebraska at Colorado. Like, Oh my goodness, De- the, this, everybody is talking about Dion, And so we don't want to make this a whole podcast about talking about Dion because he deserves to be talked about, but we just don't want to spend the whole time talking about him. But they have their first home game. I saw somewhere that tickets are going for, I think like $450 and those are nosebleeds. So there is, I mean, the fans are bought in and why, why wouldn't you be after what they did in week one? So Cole, Nebraska... 
they should have won the game against Minnesota, to be honest. Uh, they just Their quarterback, uh, Jeff Sims, made too many mistakes down the stretch through a big interception, and they weren't able to win. Very contrasting teams. Nebraska wants to slow it down, uh, run the football, play good defense. Colorado wants to outgun you, outscore you, and do all of that. I don't know, Cole. This, this game is this game is going to be a fun one, I think. Yeah, I like I said earlier, week two is when you really learn about teams. And we're going to learn a lot about Nebraska. We're going to learn a lot about Colorado. And because of this game, we're also going to learn a lot about TCU. I think, yeah, I, I have no idea which way to go. I will be staying away from this game. I will not be betting on it because I don't know what Nebraska is. I don't know what Colorado is. And the other thing to look at is... How is Travis Hunter's legs? I know he seemed fine and seemed like he wasn't too tired after last game, but how is he doing it again seven days later? Will he be as fresh as he was last week? Will he be able to go for as many snaps as he did last week? So that'll definitely be something to watch is if he can maintain that level of uh, of snaps. And it's going to be a really fun game to really see one boulder fully showing out the whole uh, stadium, home stadium, really bought in for Dion. Um, Cause like you said, they're sold out when, when Colorado hired Dion, they said they didn't have the money for him for his contract, but they still gave him that contract anyway, but they didn't have the money for him. He said, give me that money. Let me sign this contract. Believe in me. I'll get that stadium filled up and you will have the money to pay me. And already $400 for the cheapest ticket. They couldn't even fill a stadium last year. So already, that investment for Colorado is paying huge dividends, and yeah, I think they're going to have plenty of money to pour back into this program, and it's going to be a really fun game to watch and a really cool atmosphere. Hey, you stole my you stole my fact from the last episode about Dion and them not having enough money. No, I it, I don't know. It's it's so cool to see that like for like obviously I don't I want. I really thought I read that somewhere else. <laughs> no, you're good. No, I sound pretty stupid. Hey, you're just <laughs> if they didn't listen to the last episode, now they know. So. It's just obviously I wish more college football fans could get to the game than pricing people out at four hundred fifty dollars. But just to see the buy-in to a to a school and a program is really cool to see. And that game's going to be one I'm really looking forward to. Unfortunately, I'm going to the Michigan State game at three thirty, so I'm only going to probably get the first half of that game. But definitely will be listening to it on the way to the game because I think it's going to be a great one. This game. Cole, I am extremely bummed I'm going to be missing the whole game for, and that is Ole Miss at Tulane. This is a big deal in the South. Like these, these two teams, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of hype around these two teams. I mean, Tulane's probably the best Group of Five team to uh, pull off like what Cincinnati did a few years ago. Ole Miss is favored by a touchdown at Tulane. Now, I want people to know because many people probably do not know. Tulane is ranked 24th in the country. You got Ole Miss at 20. Two offenses that uh, can put up points, to say the least. I mean, you just look at Ole Miss's first game. They put up 73, and Tulane's first game put up 37 points, and that was against uh, many thought to be pretty good South Alabama team. We have two good quarterbacks in this game, Cole, Jackson Dart and Michael Pratt for Tulane. And this is a Tulane team that went toe-to-toe with Caleb Williams and USC last year in the Cotton Bowl and won. So we know when the the stage calls for a high-scoring game that Tulane can deliver. So, I don't know, seven points seems like a lot when you're going on the road and you're playing a good team like Tulane. But, Cole, this game's going to be a high-scoring, 
just really fun football game. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. This one will definitely be one that is on my TV, and I will absolutely be tuning in start to finish. It is There's not a lot of cooler things than seeing a Power 5 team going to a group of five team going on the road um, and seeing all those fans for that group of five team show out for that game because this, they're not used to getting big games like that at home. And it's just cool for them to be able to play in a big game like that at home. And honestly, there is not a lot of things better than the green wave. That's such a cool mascot. Their jerseys are sweet. Um, the colors are amazing and they're just, they're just fun to look at. Um, and I, I mean, I'm a big green wave guy. I think they're, they're just a fun team, but I, I honestly, I don't care who wins this game. I just want to see a good game, and I'm going to have so much fun watching it. Yeah, I, like I said, I was very bummed I can't watch this game, but I expect if I were to turn notifications on for this game to be touchdown, 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 just see a lot of points in this game, maybe hinting at a pick for later in the podcast. So next game I want to go to is Texas A&M at Miami. Now, Texas A&M is favored by four and a half, Going to Miami, which used to be a really good home field advantage. I saw a picture of their game last week against Miami of Ohio, and there was nobody there. You could have counted the people. There was just no one watching the game. So four and a half points on the road. Uh, Both teams coming off pretty good wins in week one. I was really impressed with Miami. They're my sleeper team in the ACC, and they were able to rush for seven yards a carry in that first game. And this was the big question mark surrounding this team coming into the year. And I was just impressed by that. I think if they can do that, now that's against Miami, Ohio. If they run for seven a gain against uh, Miami or against Texas A&M, well, geez, they're going to blow them out. And there's going to be a lot more questions about Texas A&M there, than there are Miami. But Cole, Connor Wiegum, this is a big game for him. He's the starter there in Texas A&M. And... He has to go on the road to Miami. Maybe a little more fans show up. I'm going to anticipate there's going to be a few more than there was at the Miami-Ohio game. But I don't know. This one is one I'm really keeping an eye on. Yeah, this is just a very big prove-it game for both teams. There's a lot on the line for both of these teams this year. It's basically poverty versus poverty as far as good franchises that have really fallen or or good good programs that have fallen um, and teams that – should have zero excuses as to why they're not succeeding. They have the money, they have the facilities, they have everything they could need. They're supposed to have the good coaches to be determined on Jimbo. But this is a really big prove-it game for both programs right now. And, and with the state that they are both in, there is so much to prove in this game. And I would say this game, any most other weeks, this will be the game where the winner has the most to prove and we will learn the most. But I don't think it's this game because I think it's the it's it's the other bigger one this week. But this game is going to be just fun for the storylines that are coming with it and the storylines that have surrounded um, these programs and the clouds, the dark clouds that have been over these programs for the last two, three to ten years. So this is a big one to see which program is on the better trajectory. And it's just going to be fun to see who's there. Yeah, and as a person that has Miami over seven and a half wins, this is one I would really like to get in the beginning of the year, and I think I think it's one that they're definitely capable of winning. It's going to be a good game. I think I'm gonna stay away betting this game. I just it's four and a half is a weird line, and then also the fact that I could really see both teams winning, and you can make a reasonable case to me, and I will believe you on it. Um, and I just think that's the type of game. These these are the two teams in the past ten years, maybe besides Texas, that you can trust the least. So. 
Yeah, I, I'm staying away from this game betting. Yeah, good good call. We, w- we will not have that in the A-plus picks in a few minutes. So the big game I want to talk about – well, actually, we'll save this one for last. Let's do Oregon minus 6.5 on the road at Texas Tech. Now, coming into – Last week, this game would be probably a lot higher on a lot of college football fans' radars because of the hype around Tech or around Texas Tech, um, but they lost at Wyoming. It also could work in the opposite way, and it could have way more extra motivation for a Texas Tech team to win in front of their home fans against a very good Oregon team that put up over 80 points in Week One. So, I don't know what budges from this call, but I think. I think it's going to be closer. It's six and a half isn't a high line, so I don't think the experts think it's going to be a blowout. But I think this is going to be actually a really good game on Saturday night. Yeah, it is. Can Texas Tech bounce back versus is this a trip-up game for Oregon? They both, because, I mean, obviously everyone has everything in front of them, but Texas Tech needs a bounce-back game. They really need to basically come back, Tell their fans, no, we're good. It was just a trip up. First game of the year. We're good now. And Oregon, they put up 81 last week. But they this is a team that is has goals of making it to the playoffs this year. Um, and they cannot trip up here. And they can, especially with how hard the Pac-12 is, they cannot afford to lose this game. Lubbock is not an easy place to play. I would not want to be on the road at Texas Tech if I were Oregon. But this is another spot where they have a lot to prove. And they could really announce to the rest of the country this week, especially if they just go in and dominate, um, that they are here um, and they are very much potential contenders to make the playoffs. And big game for Bo Nix on the national stage that everyone will be watching on the road. Can he continue to do what he did last year and really assert himself in the middle of that Heisman race? Yeah, and I think I know somebody that picked him for their playoff, and I think I'm talking to him right now. So someone definitely also is a big Oregon supporter this year. But the big game of the week, primetime, ABC, 7 o'clock, Texas at Alabama. Texas is a seven-point underdog. The rematch of last year's game was a home-and-home series which i love to see in college football i don't like the neutral site ones just just go to their place and then you you got to return the favor and go to their place the next year so both of these teams have aspirations to win a national championship that's no secret about that a lot of hype around texas a lot of hype around texas looked okay week one nothing special but they didn't need to be special they're playing rice alabama blew out middle tennessee state jalen milroe looked pretty good five touchdowns but that is playing middle tennessee state so i'm just thrilled for this game i am glad we get another game like this it's hyped up like the lsu florida state game was this one's probably even more hyped because these two programs mean a lot more historically not that lsu and florida state don't but alabama texas are two of the first names you would think about so cole how excited are you for this game this is an astronomically huge game this is such a big game i'm so excited for it Both teams have so much to prove. If I were Texas, I mean, if I were picking this game last week before the season started, before I saw the way Texas played at Rice, or not, I mean, at home against Rice, they looked really bad and ugly in that first half. They picked it up in the second half and ended up winning pretty convincingly. But I would have picked before last week, I would have hammered Texas. Now I'm staying away from this game. Um, I think Texas has the roster and has the athletes to go toe-to-toe with Alabama. But... Nick Saban is proven and way more proven in these types of games. This is such a big game for both teams. It's 
is if, if Steve Sarkeesian gets blown out, there's going to start being questions of just like, can he even win the big game? He has everything. He has the roster he needs to succeed this year. Um, and if he doesn't, it's just going to be hard for him. But also, on the other hand, Nick Saban is, after last year, is that a very vulnerable state as far as they've been getting beat more often than they should. And if he drops one early and at home when he used to have a history of destroying the good teams in these big games, both coaches have a lot on the line this game. It is going to be really fun. I don't know if last week maybe Texas it was a look-ahead game. They weren't like really – they were focused on Alabama, and that just happened. A lot of pressure on Quinn Ewers because he has the athletes. Um, he needs to take that next step, and he just he's the guy that they need to play well if they're going to beat Bama. But also, what is Alabama's quarterback situation? They're playing – we didn't learn much last week because they weren't playing anyone good, but we'll really see what Milrow is all about and what they truly have at quarterback this year and a game um, against this good of an opponent in Texas. So – I'm so excited for it. These brands are both so big, and it's just going to be a really, really fun game to watch. Um, Bryant Denny Stadium is going to be just bouncing. It's going to be so ex- it's going to be so exciting, and yeah, it's going to be an electric atmosphere. And I cannot wait to watch this game. Yeah, wait till uh, Dixieland Delight starts playing in that crowd, and that place is going to go crazy. And there's already some rivalry between the fans, you know. Last year, Texas didn't give Alabama good seats for their uh, band and everything. So this year, Alabama returned the favor and put Texas's band in the nosebleed. So there's already a little uh, a little friendly battle between the fan bases right now. I love a good band rivalry. Yeah, it's always fun to see a good band rivalry. So <laughs> these three games, our, Cole and I are going to speed through. When when these are when our teams are playing bigger opponents, we will break these down more in depth, but we're going to just really quickly run through it. I'm going to start Richmond at Michigan State. That's game I'll be going to Saturday. There's no line for this game. So all I'm going to say is Michigan State, build on week one, 31-7 win against Central. Hopefully score a lot quicker in the game than they did against Central. I don't want them to have 10 points at halftime because that was not a fun feeling sitting in the stands that way. Keep all the guys healthy going into a really big week three game against Washington. Just keep everybody healthy get to that game, they'll be all right. So Ohio State, they play Youngstown State. Also no line for this game. Cole and I were trying to figure out, we don't really know why certain games don't have lines because these two are one of the few that don't. Ohio State's going to blow out Youngstown State, but you really want to see how Kyle McCord looks going into week two. You're also going to see Devin Brown. Ryan Day said it. I think the, the game script will allow him to actually play Devin Brown. So the next two weeks are a pure audition. So then Cole... Michigan, there is a line for 36.5-point favorites at home against UNLV. I don't expect you to say much. Yeah, they're just going to go in, do the same thing you did last week in every facet except for the run game. Hopefully, I just, I just want to see if that run game uh, can just be better this week. But also, um, it doesn't really matter. They should just blow out UNLV and on to the next week. Good. Keep it quick. That's all, that's all we need to know. So, Final segment today is our A-plus picks of the week. We won't speak too much about, well, we will, because i got to rub it in. Uh, last week, I did win the picks of the week, 3-1. to one. Cole went 0-4. It was a tough week. It's, it's going to happen. Like It's inevitable when you're placing sports bets, but also, like Cole mentioned, first week of the year, some of those lines you just don't know as much about. But I know Cole's done his research for this week, I think we each have four plays for week two. Cole, start us off. Yeah, I feel a lot better about this week's lines. A lot of favorites for me. First one, Wake Forest, minus 11.5 um, against Vanderbilt. 
Uh, I think Wake Forest is a lot better than teams than, than the books think, than people think, and I think Vanderbilt is worse than people think. So give me Wake minus 11.5. I think they're going to score a lot of points. The game Cole said stay away from, Colorado, Nebraska. Colorado minus 2.5, lock that in. I am not saying I'm fully bought in on Colorado. That is not at all what this pick means. But this pick means I think Colorado wins by a field goal or more. I just think they have more talent than Nebraska. And I know that's a pretty big letdown game after what they just did the last week. But I don't think Dion lets his guys do that, especially in front of all those fans that are going to be there for those guys. I just don't see it. So my first pick, Colorado minus two and a half. I really like it's minus two and a half because I don't like messing with minus three. So that's my first pick. Notre Dame, NC State. Uh, Notre Dame is minus seven and a half. I am hammering Notre Dame. You heard my analysis on them earlier, so you know why I'm picking Notre Dame. They're going to run through, and Notre Dame minus seven and a half is my pick. Okay. You you were confident in Notre Dame? Stick with it. I like that. I hinted at this earlier when we were talking about Ole Miss Tulane. Give me Ole Miss Tulane over 66 points. Um, I just think I know the whole new clock thing in college football has probably limited some scoring, and overs might be even more inflated with kind of – what people expect with these two teams playing but I just see this game like being 35-35 like in the fourth quarter and if that's the case I'm over that and I just think both these teams are elite and I think these defenses are terrible so I'm gonna go Ole Miss Tulane over 66 points I hope you're right I really do it'll be so fun give me Pitt minus seven at home against Cincinnati I don't think Cincinnati is a very good team this year and I think Pitt is sneaky good this year. So give me Pitt, hammering Pitt minus seven. I think I think the score will be a lot bigger of a margin than just seven. Okay, okay. I like that one. So one that you told me to probably stay away from because you've kind of switched back and forth on this game. Bama minus seven against Texas. People made a lot of fun of me for last week picking the Florida State LSU game because I just could go any way and it could just this and that and I think they're the better team. And I thought last week Florida State was just a better team. And I think, I do think Texas is really good. I've told you I think they're going to win the Big 12. I will say Oklahoma looked really good in week one. So the thought that Texas is going to run through that conference might, my opinions might have changed on that front. But give me Alabama minus seven. Worst case, they win by a touchdown and I cover and I, or I get a push and it doesn't hurt my win-loss record but Alabama minus seven and I think it could get a two-score game in the third quarter and not like a blowout but I think Alabama looked good and I think Jalen Milrow is I you guys know I like him a lot I I like I said I'm staying away from that game don't have a pick and but I might have one come game time but I definitely don't have one now my final pick is Oklahoma State minus three and a half at Arizona State I saw Arizona State in person. They did not look good. They only beat Southern Utah 24-21. I think Oklahoma State is still better than some people think. And at the very least, they're better than Arizona State. And I think this line, this spread, should be a lot more than three and a half points. So hammering that. And yeah, Oklahoma State minus three and a half. Lock that in. So first time in A-plus pick history that Cole and I have the same game. Now this means... We have a lot of pressure on us uh, because if this goes wrong, then we both were uh, 
are going to get made fun of. So I am always Cole, Oklahoma State minus three and a half. That was my fourth pick of the week. Cole gave me a lot of insight for Arizona State in week one. And when you beat uh, Southern Utah by three points, I do not think you're a good football team. And I just don't think there's going to be a ton of fan excitement for that game. Um, and I think I think Gunner Gundy, watch out for uh, Mike Gundy's son. I think he's going to come in there. They have a lot of quarterback issues, but I think it ultimately is going to be Gunner. I think Oklahoma State wins this. So Cole and I are going to share a pick in week two. I don't know how many times this will happen. Well, if it happens more than often, we'll have to keep track and see if we're right. Because, I mean, hey, we both win the pick. I'm not going to be mad. Like, I told Cole, I backed some of his. No, we're ruling yeah, for Yeah, absolutely. Other. I backed some of his bets last week. I wasn't happy that he went 0 for 4, but I backed some of them because I <laughs> thought they were good picks. This is a good pick. Oklahoma State minus 3. I'm rolling with it. So, I like our. I, I backed Florida State. I ended up doing it, and thank God I did. Yeah, I mean, it was that was an easy win once that third quarter got rolling. But, yep, that's our, that's our four picks of the week. Um, we'll see how the uh, how the week goes in terms of our A plus picks. We'll have the graphic out uh, sometime Friday afternoon so everybody can see. Remember, we're using lines from Wednesday, so I don't know what's going to happen in the next few days. But if lines change a lot, we did not cheat. We were using the lines Wednesday. I actually bet them right now. Like I bet all four of these currently, so they're locked in at that spread. Um, so I can prove to you if you if anybody wants me to send a screenshot, I we can send a screenshot of the pick. So Cole, any final thoughts going into week two for the for our listeners? We are officially in the mix every single week. We're officially in it. It's so fun. Enjoy this slate of Power Five conferences facing off against each other, and just enjoy Tulane, Ole Miss, and enjoy Alabama, Texas. It's going to be so fun to watch. And just don't don't just because you watch football all week last week and. 24-7 on Saturday doesn't mean you can't do that this week. So anyone telling you otherwise, don't listen to them. You can watch as much football as you want this weekend, and you better do that. Be locked in. Make some money. Let's go. Perfect. I love that because, I mean, I tell my, I'm tell i telling people now, like, oh, can't can't do that. I got to watch football. It's part of my part of my job because, hey, I got to know football now. So it's, well, not I got to know it even more than I used to. And so I like it. It's a free excuse to watch football all day. Not that anything really would have changed but i've used that a lot yeah cole's it's so nice cole's probably used that a little bit more than i have but this will wrap up our week two preview episode uh we appreciate everybody listening obviously want to give support and uh appreciation to aiden our podcast editor getting these out quick this should be dropping friday september 8th and then look for probably Monday or Tuesday of next week to be our week two recap episode. So everybody have a good weekend, watch a lot of football and hopefully win a few bets.